This episode of Horror Movie Talk is brought to you by Lightning. Do you need to reanimate dead tissue? Need to switch bodies with a parent? Give a computer sentience? Or even just get white streaks in your hair? Well, Lightning has you covered. It's the natural phenomenon that can do anything. That's right. If film has taught us anything, it's that being struck by lightning will either kill you immediately or randomly imbue you with powers that don't obey the laws of God and nature. So next time you need to read the thoughts of women, travel through time, or turn a robot evil, choose lightning. It's not magic, it's science. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Wow, that didn't sound good. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. Your expert hosts each week are me, Dr. Bryce Hansen. I hold a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day. I'm a foremost expert in foremost expert in scare meow meows. New theatrical releases, if those even exist anymore, get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. Um, If you are new to the podcast, check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, and you can uh, communicate with other horror fiends. Um, We post new episodes every Wednesday. Listen to the episode. Let us know what you think by calling us at 682-253-4468 or... You know, if you really like it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that really helps us out. Yeah, you guys should check out our Facebook group, especially now because we have a a one titty challenge coming up for for Manscaped, and there's a big prize to give away. So right. we'll hear about that after our score for the movie. So stay tuned for the one titty challenge. Yeah, listen show, to mid roll for more details. Just show me one titty. Today we'll be talking about Young Frankenstein. We'll start out by giving a brief review on our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge where it makes you angry that you watched it, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, uh, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film, so if you haven't seen it, you'll know when we start going into spoilers. We play a really loud sound thing it's almost like it's almost like a uh, like a hurricane warning Mm. siren (laughs) can you play a tornado warning oh yeah here we go okay guys i'm gonna do a tornado siren once again Papers off there. Okay. Thanks, Frankie. Um, Later on, we'll be doing a couple bits. Uh, We're doing a new game. Ooh. I had to to switch this around because I thought Aaron was going to be on the show today, Mm. but my mom wasn't able to watch the kids, so (laughs) I had to switch the the game up. So now it's a a groundbreaking game. We've never played anything like it. (laughs) 
I think okay. It's called uh, Frankenstein or porn. Uh, wow. I mean, in in that game, I'm just gonna jump the gun and tell you what it's about. Okay. I'll play clips from either a version of Frankenstein uh-huh. on film, right? Or clips from. Uh, porno mm-hmm. video. I mean, really, it's hard to tell because they're both really about creating life. Well, yeah, in a sense, kinda. <laughs> I mean, some of them—they're not very good at creating life. They get the life all over each other's faces. But, anyways, then we'll be going into. <laughs> oh yeah, it's pretty thick. Some wop wop wop. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's marked mature, so, you know, you're here. You should know that. It's pretty thick. <laughs> um, and then after that, we'll be checking our voicemail with a bit we like to call horror movie whores. Oh, baby. I love that. That's my that's my favorite one. That's where people call us. So, anyways, this week we rewatched Mel Brooks's comedy horror masterpiece, Young Frankenstein, and... With all the with, uh, and with the recent passing of Cloris Leachman, I'm starting to think that the cast are immortal warriors battling until the last man standing, a la Highland, Highlander. It kind of feels. Have that you way. checked how many people are surviving from this cast? I mean, Gene Wilder still is. No, he's dead. Uh, w- did he die last year? He died like five years ago. No. Wow, Carrie told me he was still alive. Nope. Okay. The well, only two that are of, like, people that you will recognize, but even people you won't recognize, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's only two standing. Um, well, Mel Brooks. But he wasn't in it. He's not even part of the cast. Oh, no, I guess he wasn't. Wow, uh, that's weird for a Mel Brooks movie. I know. We'll, we'll get into that, too. Um, but, yeah, the only ones left are Gene Hackman and Terry Garr. So, of the main cast, only Terry Garr is, is surviving. So, she's... So Gene Wonder Hackman and Terry Stunner. Yeah, is she still a stunner. I mean, on IMDb, she was looking pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how old the photo is, but um, oh, wait, the guy from uh, oh god, I can't remember his name. Everybody loves Raymond, Dad. Uh, yeah, he's dead. The Frankenstein in this mm-hmm. movie. Oh, wow, wow. I thought uh, I thought I thought more of them were no. I I, 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 I was like Ma- going. Ma- what about Marty? Um, oh, he died in like eighty two. He died oh. probably before you were born. Um, yeah, I was going through my head while watching this. I'm like, wow, all these people have died pretty recently. Like, and it's not like they're that old. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure um, Gene Hackman and Terry Terry Gar are uh, setting their sights on each other, sharpening their samurai swords. <laughs> um, so, anyways, here's the trailer for Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. It's coming from the deep, dark recesses of the mind of Mel Brooks. I love him. Young Frankenstein. means business. Young Frankenstein. Oh dear, nothing left. What shall we throw in now? Starring Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. 
But what about your grandfather's work, sir? My grandfather's work was doo-doo! Peter Boyle as the monster. <laughs> Marty Feldman as Igor. My grandfather used to work for your grandfather. I'm sure we'll get along splendidly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Loris Leachman as Frau Blucher. You played that music in the middle of the night! Yes! To get us into the laboratory! Yes! And it was you who left my grandfather's book out for me to find! Yes! So that I would... Yes! Then you and Victor were... Say it! He was my boyfriend! Carrie Gar as Inga. Would you like to have a roll in the hay? Roll, roll, roll in the hay! Kenneth Mars as the inspector. And Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth. Where am I? <coughs> Calm down. What are you going to do to me? <coughs> I'm not afraid of you. <coughs> Listen, I, I'm, I have to be back by 11.30. I'm expecting a very important call. Kill the monster! Storm me, castle! And spend Young Frankenstein. Yes, I think we could all use a good laugh. But don't see it alone. Don't miss Young Frankenstein, personally directed by Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks in black and white. No offense. Damn. Okay, so um, Young Frankenstein, Franken, Frankenstein, can be found for some bizarre reason only on Star's subscription. Yeah, it's rough. Like it's rough. Out you there. can't even buy a digital copy. It's amazing to yeah, me. Yeah, you can't. You can't rent it on YouTube or Amazon Prime. Nothing. You have to pony up for the Star subscription, which is like a dollar for, uh, for the for first the first, three yeah. three months. But then you know you're gonna forget. Yeah. That's like the perfectly conceived. It's like. No one's going to remember in three months they subscribe to this shit. Right. Uh, so uh, technically, it'd probably be cheaper than actually renting it normally. But um, anyways, uh, Young Frankenstein. I'm going to. I'm going to keep saying it every time. Young Frankenstein is a satire remake of the Universal Frankenstein movies. It stars Gene Wilder as Frederick Frankenstein, the the grandson of the infamous mad scientist Victor Frankenstein that created a monster out of dead flesh. This younger Frankenstein seeks to distance himself from the infamy of his family, uh, but finds himself being driven by destiny to follow in his, his grandfather's footsteps. Along the way, he is assisted by Marty Feldman as Igor, the stock minion that comes with his family's castle. Cloris Leachman, R.I.P., as Frau... I should say R.I.P. after every single one of these. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, as Frau Blucher, <laughs> the housekeeper. And Terry Gar as Inga, the lab assistant. The cast is rounded out by Frankenstein's... <laughs> Frankenstein's fiance Elizabeth, played by Madeline Kahn, and the monster, played by Peter Boyle. Uh, Young Frankenstein is a loving homage to the universal horror movies of the 30s, and a lot of care is taken to match the look and feel of the original Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> but more to the point, the film is a platform to make dick jokes while playing on man's greatest fear, 
Germans. <laughs> yeah, no. It, I, yeah, go. I'm sorry. Go on. This I have so much to say about this movie. Right. So Mel Brooks, who directed and co-wrote with Wilder, sees Young and Frankenstein as his best film and third funniest behind <laughs> Blade, Blazing Saddles and the producers, both starring Gene Wilder, coincidentally. Um, I'd actually agree with that. As an homage to the black and white gothic horror and specifically the 1931 original, this film hits dead center on target. However, a resulting downside is that the pacing matches the slow and measured progression of its source material. Um, so the, I mean, there's a lot of jokes, but they're they're kind of hindered by the, the conceit format. of yeah the format yeah, of the movie a little bit because there's a lot of story in this too. Like if you think about Blazing Saddles, what yeah what's the actual plot? Don't know. It's a, it? just jokes. Yeah, jokes is the plot. Yeah, I. Uh, I realized while watching this movie, I didn't realize, I just more, uh, just put it into words, which is I've seen this movie a ton, a ton of times, mm -hmm. but never because I, uh, not because it's a spectacularly amazing film or, uh, it's, it's, it's barely horror. I mean, I mean, there's a much stronger argument for seven to be a horror movie than this. Um, well, it's a comedy horror. I mean, it's... No, it is not. It is a it comedy. Is. It's a comedy with, horror. With a, with ho it has a monster with, in it. With a horror theme. It's based on one of the oldest, most uh, well-known monsters in horror. Yes. Frankenstein. This, the the, the argument monster. for this being a, quote, horror movie is painfully thin. Uh, but yeah, that's weird. But I will, I will, you know, I'll allow it because uh, because I think that it's a, a pretty big umbrella. That well, what, what do you do? You think it has to be scary to be? Well, let me let me get back to my original my original point, and then we can get okay, into okay. that that argument. Uh, but I've watched this a, a million times, but not I've never. I don't know that I've ever. I, I've never thought it was spectacularly amazing it's just comfortable it's just, this movie has a very like safe like um you know all the bits you know what's coming it's, right. it just feels it feels like a nice slipper that mm -hmm. you've 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 worn for a long time and it's i mean that kind of describes comfortable. yeah that kind of describes most of mel brooks's like films that's true it's not like a I mean, lot of them, a like lot of Blazing fun. Saddles, have 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 sharp edges, right? Mm -hmm. Though, because because a lot of those jokes are, especially now, are quite bristly. You know, like they contain. <laughs> hey, some... where are all the white women at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's some n words sprinkled around right. and all that kind of thing. And um, but but this feels just uh, like a Saturday morning cartoon. You right, know? it's just yeah, yeah. very comfortable. Yeah, but un undoubtedly enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Like you're gonna have a good time watching this. It's one of those things that you could you could walk into and out of at oh. any at any point. You don't yes. have to sit through the whole thing. No, not at all. It's yeah. It's it's a very safe, good, just solid movie that right. I, I think I saw on cable a billion times, or or I don't know. Maybe I just turned it on. I'm not sure why I saw it so many yeah. times, but I definitely did. Yeah, I only saw it the first time I saw it was in adulthood. And oh wow! I was like, wow, this is. This is really good, um, and I have no frame of context, frame of reference because I never watched any of the originals or anything. But it stands on its own as just a really good movie. Yes, I uh, I, I was shocked at this viewing of the movie because I swear to God, 
I did not realize there was a third act. I I I, I did, I, did not you did know. you also think that the putting on the Ritz was the end of the movie? I thought that was the end. I was writing down in my notes like Mel Brooks is really great at endings. Like he's he like knocks it out of the park with the endings and then it goes on for another like 30 minutes. No, so I'm like, "Oh yeah, there's other stuff." I swear to God, I did not know that there was a third act to this. I thought it was putting on the Ritz and then done. Right. Because that's where I always end. Right. Apparently. Yeah. I, I was like, what? what is all this? Is this like new footage? Or like, is this the director's cut? I mean, I remember the, the parts in the end. I mean, in the last Vaguely. third. I remember the ending scene with Igor playing the trumpet on the parapet. Right. Uh, well, technically it's a horn. Whatever. It's literally a horn. Okay. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with those points. Um, really, what is the greatest part of this movie is the cast. Um, it's perfect. Each of the cast are excellent comedians in their own right, uh, but Gene Wilder stands head and shoulders above the rest of the cast with a uh, pitch-perfect mad scientist that swings from mania to bottled rage at the drop of a hat. Watching him in this film is a masterclass on silence and timing in comedy. Like I've, I, I watched a, a YouTube video that basically broke down like why Gene Wilder was so good at comedy. And it, it goes down to timing and his use of silence and, and like volume. I mean, so, I mean, he's spectacular and this is a murderer's row of comedians. Right. Like it's this ridiculous. Is, these people are absolute like, these are pioneers of comedy, and there's no shortage of them. Right. Uh, like, like for me, like okay, Gene Wilder is Gene Wilder, uh, legendary in and of in and of himself. Right. But right. I mean, for me, really, the guy who makes this movie is Marty Feldman. Right. Like, yeah, it's he's. <sighs> I d d people don't realize what a killer this guy is, yeah. and and looking like that—that's how he looks. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's very convenient. Like, if you look, if you Google Marty Feldman, you'll see pictures of him in real life that look more disturbing than he does in this movie. <laughs> um, just just him smoking a cigarette's like whoa, um, but but a, a brilliant actor and comedian and with great amazing presence of uh a physical presence this dude you know grew up looking like this and uh but but not only i mean cloris leachman is very similar mm -hmm. to gene wilder's uh brilliance in this movie with her timing right. and her silence really right. is what <laughs> Some warm milk, and and then his admonishment, Ovaltine. <laughs> he's like, no, that's enough. And then she, <gasps> she takes that, yes, <laughs> uh, like, oh, that stung. She so does. Bad. She does the um, um, from Shit's Creek. What's her name? Oh, uh, Catherine uh, Alexa. Oh, Alexa. She does an Alexa. Mm. Oh, <laughs> to the side. Head mm. to the side. Mm. Um, yeah. So, just thinking about it right now. This cast or like this um this kind of generation of comedians, it's making that transition from um from the uh, vaudeville right into into com comedy in, into like film 
like acting. Right. So it's Film there's deal. still there's still a sense of the vaudevillian and and Mel Brooks is definitely no, still yeah. like heavily vaudevillian. Um, so there's a lot of like showmanship and like mm-hmm. you know fourth wall breaking kind of sensibilities, um, but it's transitioning to like film acting to where I mean Gene Wilder is a good actor. Oh yeah. I mean he's not like hamming it up the whole time. He's like legitimately um, acting excellently while delivering some. Uh, Hot, hot comedy. Um, oh, so, yay, David! <laughs> yay! Um, there are a ton of jokes and gags in this film that are as funny and juvenile as you would expect from any Mel Brooks film. But most of the laughs come from the line delivery and the reaction reactions of the amazing cast. I mean, that's... If I were to count when I actually laughed, 90% of it is the reaction... The reaction shots from the the other cast oh yeah it's this is it's a very it's not an overt uh it's not overt in the way that mel brooks movies are typically over this is a this is a very subtle mel brooks movie well i mean i wouldn't go that far it's a little more subtle than a normal mel brooks movie oh my god if you compare this to blazing saddles or or men in tights like this is this is basically like tongue-in-cheek the whole way through Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with like this was kind of Gene Wilder's child. Mm. Like he he had a lot of input and a lot of demands around like the how this was going to turn out. Um, not the least of which was the fact that Mel Brooks could not be in the movie. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's all. Yeah, I, I mean, saying it's subtle <laughs> is putting it in context of other Mel Brooks movies. Right, it's just right, like, right. well, <laughs> they're all about as subtle as a as a you know a box of dynamite. So. Right. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna. Uh, I was thinking about how how to score this. Yeah. How do you score this? Like, it's such a classic, and you know, one of the top you know fifty film comedies of all time kind of deal it's kind of hard not to give it a 10 out of 10 but i will i give it a 9 out of 10 just because there's a certain aspect of it is like mm, drags on a little longer than it needs to and it's not like um i don't know it just on this on this viewing it made me a solid 9 out of 10 that's fair uh, I think I think for me this is definitely a ten out of ten. Yeah, because it does transcend the the it's genre true. boundaries. Yeah. It, uh, it's it's so it's so important. <laughs> it is so important. Like this movie is, and not only that. Like it is. This is this is an important point in in film. Uh, just just by the fact that you look at it and you go. Wait, was this in the 60s? No, this was 74. This was two years before Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Put that together. It's all, It's almost impossible to conceive of how well this thing was put together to look like a period piece. Uh-huh. And yet have... And then the cast, and then the the... I mean, so many of these jokes still stand up, which is astonishing right if you look at any other comedy from the 70s 
that's that's a movie, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you could look at G- Gene Wilder doing comedy, or you could look at um, some of the real killers from the seventies and still laugh. But even then, it's all kind of within the context of the time. It's mm. kind of like couched, um, and this this still does it. I yeah. think this still the, you, and there's enough. I mean, there's there are some jokes that like we don't get we don't get like what the mm-hmm. what they're referring to aaron knew like one reference that i had no idea about but they're few and far between most of it's pretty universal yes um, and you know whether you've seen the original frankensteins or not you know enough about the 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 story but just because it's in the zeitgeist and pop culture so much but then peter boyle <laughs> doing putting on the ritz right i mean <laughs> that's just it just throws it into a 10 for me like that just that just nails that's it, true uh way up that's true i mean uh just unbelievable I, everybody in this just kills it uh hey guys we got we do have valentine's day coming up and you know what that means you're looking for loving and so are we we got um we got manscape.com has been a sponsor for a minute for us and we sure do appreciate them um, and so with that, we, you know, you, you know about the HMT code and how it gets 20% off your order at manscaped.com. And, uh, and so now we're and free shipping and free shipping. And so now we're starting the one titty challenge, which is a contest that we're running for manscaped.com where you buy the lawnmower 3.0 using the HMT coupon code at checkout to receive 20% off your order and free shipping. You then manscape at least one of your titties and take a picture of it with your trimmer in the shot and post it to our Facebook group. This challenge goes until the end of March, so you have plenty of time to order your lawnmower and clean yourself up. Uh, We will judge your titties on the show, and the best one will win a Google Home Mini and some HMT stickers, along with a note detailing our love of your spectacular nip. So uh, make sure to use the hashtag one titty HMT in your submission and can I see one titty? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, as as uh, mentioned, Valentine's Day is coming up, so you're gonna need to uh, shape up, you know, and uh, get that uh, mess groomed. So it's the uh, tools that two million men trust in to groom themselves and make them smell good. So uh, check them out at manscaped.com and use code HMT at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. Happy Valentine's from Manscaped. Um, Also, another sponsor of ours is nightchannels.com. It's a website where you can get some of the coolest t-shirts in the horror and metal and occult genres possible. Uh, David, you bought several T-shirts from them that you're you're enjoying. Yeah, I got the uh, I got the Xenomorph T-shirt. So one of the cool things about NightChannels.com is they have prints that you have probably never seen before. Um, so I have a uh, a Xenomorph T-shirt that I've never seen anyone wear before. I have a collection of uh, alien T-shirts that I'm. Well, I'm not terribly proud of it. It's just an obsession that I have. And then also a Mayhem Black Metal black metal t-shirt so yeah it's the ideal place to uh spiff up your wardrobe if you're going to a horror movie night or a black um 
Sabbath or or a metal concert, like you will be able to find the T-shirt that no one else has. They have a sallow T-shirt, the unwatchable movie, the unwatchable movie. They have a shirt for it. Uh huh. They also have a Blade Runner T-shirt. And they're very affordable shirts and even made even more affordable with our code HMT at checkout. You get 13% off your order. So go to nightchannels.com. Just browse through and I guarantee you that there will be a shirt that you will want to put on your body. Use code HMT at checkout for 13% off. Oh man, I'm looking at the t-shirts in this one row. Altered States, Friday the 13th, 8-Bit Nintendo, and then also Rosemary's Baby and Return of the Living Dead with with the Tar Zombie. Right. It's all there in one row. They also got a great one for The Witch um, with Black Phillip on it, and um, they even got, like, uh, literature ones. They've got a couple for 1984 that I'm going to buy. Scanners, Texas Chainsaw, The Wicker Man. God damn. Yeah. It's good stuff. Check them out. Nightchannels.com. Another way you can support us even more directly is to become a patron of Horror Movie Talk. Go to patreon.com slash horror movie talk. Check out the different tiers um, offered. Um, If you sign up at all, whatever tier, we're going to send you some stickers and a little note from me and David. uh, Mostly David. And (laughs) uh, but the the perks that most people like are the afterpod it's a whole separate podcast where we leave the mics running after the podcast and we talk about various things and shoot the shit and also if you want input on a movie that we watch and review there is a tier where you get to have input and vote on a patron selection every month um check that out at patreon.com slash horror movie talk um if you want to buy some swag and not um, go to not sign up for patreon you can buy those stickers at horrormovietalk.com slash shop as well as our logo tee which is a pretty kick-ass t-shirt like no no joke i'm pretty proud of wearing it right now how awesome that t-shirt looks and uh people love it so check that out also we love our resident artist dustin goble i'm sure you saw the the uh, featured image for this post. If you found us through social media, um, it, he makes us look good because he's a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So contact him at D Goble zero zero and Instagram. That's at D G O E B E L zero zero on Instagram to make your artistic dreams to come, come true. <laughs> a cooler guy does not exist. No, he's just in terms of being fucking a, amazing, a, a, a cool guy. Yeah. It's, you can't I, he's so nice and and if you if you hit him up for a commission um i i'm pretty sure you're going to be friends with him as long as you stay cool it's yeah, on I'm, you I'm, he's we, cool we talk about how he fucks hard and how he's got a teflon dick and like it makes you think like oh it sounds kind of intimidating no he's like the nicest guy like low-key um super friendly and funny and nice and then he fucks you, and you're like, oh, my God, he brings the ruckus. Yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> brings the ruckus. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, anyways. This is all true. Use him for uh, commissions. A lot of our fans have used him to uh, uh, great delight. Yeah. Uh, we've seen people post on the 
Facebook group. He's uh, becoming a missions. legend, yeah. and, and rightly so. So uh, reach out to him. Tell him HMT sent you. Um, if you want to leave us a voicemail that we'll listen to later in the episode today, call 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening, and let's get into spoilers. <laughs> So yeah, a lot. I mean, <clears throat> it's kind of interesting. There's a lot to talk about with this movie. Uh, we could go over every single like bit that you just love and quote all the time. I mean, the ones that come to my mind most regularly is anytime I hear the word sedative. I think sedative. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Um. What's the other one? Yeah, I, can't I ain't got nobody. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, Marty Feldman uh, kills me in this movie. His his presence of being like this, like hunched over, like really high, high, highly keyed up. You know, like right. he's always looking around, and he's all, right. he's always hamming it up. You know, he holds my attention the whole way through this movie. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, pretty much anyone in this movie can hold your attention pretty good. Oh, my God. I mean, any Everyone that has a moment just, like, commands it. Um, oh, Terry Gar <laughs> commands my attention. <laughs> right. She is stunningly gorgeous. Yeah. And, and oh man, the women in this are so on point. I mean, they're so on point in terms of, like, their timing and and their acting is just like it, I, I mean Madeline Kahn is the best female comedian actress of all time. I mean she'd be in in the running and it'd be hard to argue anyone against her. Oh yeah. She's she's my wife's absolute favorite. So um I did a little I've seen Young Frankenstein several times before. Mm-hmm. Um but I've never actually watched the original Frankenstein. Okay. Have you ever watched it? I doubt it. Uh, if I did, I did, certainly didn't pay attention to it. So. I watched it yesterday in, in preparation for this episode because I was just curious, like, how much did they grab from, like, how much can you, like, point to of like, oh, that's like a direct homage to this specific film. And apparently, um, they're really, it was an homage to, like, the first five films or something like that in oh. the universal horror around Frankenstein. So there's yeah, Frankenstein. It's got some bride in there. Yeah. Um, have you seen the bride of Frankenstein? No, I mean, it's in, it's in pop culture enough for right. me to know. Right. Um, so, I probably know more about bride than I do the original. I'm pretty sure the, the part where the monster comes to life, like the, the moaning, the yummy sound like that's straight from bride of Frankenstein. That's kind of how she wakes up. Is like the moaning. Do it. Sound. Mm. Okay, so that wasn't in the original? No, the original is is very much more like, um, he doesn't make a sound. He's just, he moves his, his hand and sits up and walks. Just like in this, where yeah. he doesn't make a sound and then he moves his finger eventually. Right. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, I watched the original yesterday, and like I can see why it made such an impact. Like it's it's an old movie; it's thirty one, um, and there's so many rough edges. It's like you realize how far film has come. Oh yeah, and this is just barely into like the talkies, you know? Right. Um, but it's it's funny seeing like just really obvious continuity errors of like changing from a far shot to a close-up shot and they're like looking at different ways or like standing farther apart or something just very obvious things of like oof they should have they should have had the the person on set that said no it looks like this wow you know when you do different takes um so like little things like that um but the other thing that stood out for me... They didn't have a script director, is what you're telling me? <laughs> remember that absurd position that we found a couple movies ago? I can't remember what that No, was. the the, uh, the position was the... Uh, continuity director or something? The dialogue director. Dialogue director. Which actually... Uh, I was looking at the history of Frankenstein, and the director was uh, James Whale. And he had a background in, in theater, and he entered the film industry as a dialogue director because Damned. they were starting to do talkies and they needed to have people teach actors how to talk apparently wow. you know in yeah. a way that communicates across film right and stage uh so <clears throat> anyways the main thing that stood out to me and the the main point i wanted to make is that um the original frankenstein is pretty funny is it really like it's it's got a sensibility of it and it's it's one of these things that feels kind of timeless and you realize like oh this has been a thing forever the the horror comedy line yeah. there's always an element of comedy in any horror movie yeah like it's very rare where there isn't at least a moment of ridiculousness or right. like um like a what's it called dramatic irony they share i mean they share a lot uh in in the emotional state right uh right. you know because uh whenever you see something absurd it can both it can be both at once you know right. it can and be horrible and it can also make you kind of titter with with nervous anticipation or something like that you know right and just if you think about it like you and me are pretty alike when and we've suffered familial tragedies in the last year or so What's your immediate reaction when you hear about someone very, very close that's died to either you or someone that you loved? I, I, I'm not sure what you're going for here. I mean, it's the obvious ones, you know, grief and, mm-hmm. and pain. Or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. then immediately once you, like, offer your condolences, immediately I switch over to... Let's make a joke about make it. Make a joke to, about to it. To lighten this up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- yes, that's you and me. I don't know... <laughs> I think that a lot of people find that, re- and that's why I didn't. I didn't right. answer right away. Is right. because is because I've been trained to know that my that my go to uh-huh. of like let's lighten the mood up with a joke is not okay <laughs> by a lot of people's standards. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, having a dark sense of humor is right. It's helpful. It is helpful. Um, I don't think it's as uncommon as you'd assume. It is. Uh, but anyways, there's there's kind of always this mix. And so in the original, there was two specific scenes that I looked to. I'm like, that is fucking hilarious. Like, in the original Frankenstein. Whether, and I find it impossible to think that they didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Like, at the very least, people would 
laugh at that. Okay. Um, the first scene, which is almost directly out of Young Frankenstein, is when um, the assistant, which isn't Igor, it's um, France or something like that. Uh, something starts with an R, with an F. But um, when the assistant goes to the university to get the brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a setup scene with the professor. He's like, it's this. Uh, and this is in the original Frankenstein. This is in the original Frankenstein. Okay. The professor is talking to a class and he's like saying, um, and now class, you can come up and, and view these specimens. In this jar is a perfectly. Um, normal brain. Perfectly normal, like a uh, perfect specimen of a normal functioning brain, you know, in this jar of liquid. And this one is a uh, from a criminal, you know, that is has and you can see the differences in the criminal's the brain and and all these things. And so later after class, when the the uh, assistant sneaks in, he picks up the normal brain and starts walking off and immediately drops it on the floor. A huge crash on the floor. And then he goes over to grab the other brain, and it makes it a big point to, like, show the label. Abnormal brain. <laughs> and he just, like, picks it up, and he's like, meh, and then walks off. It's wow. like It's not played for laughs, but the fact that they set up this, like, this setup of like this isn't gonna go right, right? Is is so perfect, and it's it's just funny. And, and so, I mean, when they do that in Young Frankenstein, it's not like the only thing they add to it is is the is the is the dialogue after the fact, which is, did you get a did you get me th- thus and so's actual brain? He's like, no, I kind of dropped that one. Okay, well, whose did you get? Abby something. <laughs> yeah, this this is a line that I I never forget. Right, Abby. Oh. Abby, huh? Abby something. Abby normal. Yeah, Abby normal. You got me an abnormal brain? Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And, you know, actually, while watching Young Frankenstein, or, uh, excuse me, Frankenstein, I, uh, I'm pretty sure those were real fucking brains. I'm pretty sure that those were real brains that they dropped on the fucking floor. I mean, they're probably like pig brains or something. Oh, I'm sure they weren't human brains. But I know the um, in the shot where they looked real when they're scanning across like the the different levels of decay, and it shows the skulls. The first two skulls are actually real skulls. I saw in the IMDb trivia. Really? Yeah. There was a lot of of real skulls used in movies up until a certain point. Right. I think. Um, I mean, you watch Texas Chainsaw, which is two years after this, seventy six. And there's tons of bones in that movie. Yeah. I, I think a lot of them are chicken bones. But um. Um, the other um, funny scene in the original was uh, when Frankenstein kills the little girl. There, <laughs> there's this. Um, so he like walks upon this little girl, and she's the most adorable, like little you know four year old or whatever. And she's like, "I my name's Maria," and. Uh, she invites him over to play and and she gives him some flowers and then she th- she she shows the monster that if you throw in the flower that they float like a little boat and so the monster and her take turns throwing in these flowers this into the in water. This is in the real Frankenstein. This is in the real Frankenstein throwing in the flowers into the water and then it gets to the point where Frankenstein's monster um 
runs out of flowers and he's like he does this take of like huh what the i don't have any more and then he looks over to the little girl to the side in this boat just like and and then he's like oh yeah and so he picks up the little girl and tosses her in the lake and she promptly drowns and uh and then he stands up he's like oh oh, fuck (laughs) and he runs off it's like that scene is hilarious yeah, Just I mean the, the timing on they it. didn't change it almost, and and I mean that's probably, I'm not gonna lie, that's probably the moment that I laughed the hardest in Young Frankenstein. Well, in Young Frankenstein, they don't actually do that. No, that, scene. they they do the the girl saying like, "What else can we throw down the well?" And then Peter Boyle looks directly into the camera for like a good ten seconds and is like. <laughs> Really? Like, <laughs> I guess this is what's happening now. Right. And that's that man. Uh, Peter Boyle in this movie almost hits better than anybody else for me. Yeah. Um, t- speaking of source material, um, this is this is very much so the an adaptation of the movies because the movies take a lot of liberties from the the actual novel. Mm. Uh, have you ever read? Frankenstein? Uh, no. Is it called Frankenstein, or is it called Frankenstein's Monster, or... No, it's called Frankenstein, A Modern Prometheus. Oh, okay. Um, Have you read it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, it's definitely one of those... Mary Shelley? Yeah, it's one of those, like, novels that really holds up and is super entertaining now. And it's, uh, it's a lot different in terms of the monster is much more sophisticated. It can speak and, and read and, like, has... There's a lot more like uh, more of a crime element, you know, where the monster is kind of getting revenge on Victor Frankenstein. Um, but the, I find the the origin of the novel pretty interesting because Mary Shelley, um, her fiance Percy Shelley, or her husband Percy Shelley, was a is a famous poet, and they were friends with Lord Byron, also another famous poet. And they were traveling through, like, Germany and Austria and Switzerland and stuff. And Pennsylvania! And they had a competition to see who could write the best horror story. Right. And Some of the best books were born this way. Some right. of the best religions were born this right. way. <laughs> best? Um, so, after thinking for days, Shelley was inspired to write Frankenstein after imagining a scientist who created life and was horrified by what he had made. And it, I mean, it really holds up. It, it's so amazing that, like, how bad would you feel as Percy Shelley or Lord Byron that, like, your your wife and, and friend just, like, knocks it out of the fucking park and creates, like, a whole new genre, basically? Not, I mean, j- like, creates a, a classic for the ages. Right. Is like, I considered... guess you, would, you couldn't feel bad. You, you just you just feel like, oh, well, shit. Like, yeah. some things are undeniable. Yeah. This is considered by some people to be the first, like, sci-fi novel. Like, the first, like, real modern science fiction story in terms of, like, hmm. having a point at which the character, um, like, toys with science and, like, has a kind of a come up and kind of really? thing. there's like I, a, a point of... oh wow she was yeah she was early i was gonna say what about hg wells in the time machine yeah but uh yeah mary shelley was born in 1797 right um and she died uh, about 50 years later yeah. in 1851 
if you want to see a movie that's closer to the original book, um, the uh, Kenneth Branagh 90s Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is pretty close to the actual story. Oh, okay. Starring Robert De Niro as the monster. Wow. What? Yeah. yeah. And and what's the title of this called? Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Wow, with Robert De Niro in the nineties. Yeah, and Kenneth Branagh plays the uh, plays Victor Frankenstein. Wow, Kenneth Branagh is a like I didn't realize how much I liked him as a director and an actor. Like his his films are really good, like really high quality, and they're there's no real like calling card for any of them, but they're they're all pretty good because um, he's kind of like an actor's actor um anyways so moving on from like the source material i, f- I found that interesting i just wanted to brag about my uh, due he, diligence I he's guess. done a lot of uh, a lot of shakespeare yeah yeah he's big in shakespeare um oh, so he did tenet what he was he was an actor in tenet yeah that's crazy yeah he also did like the original thor movies if that floats your boat um, it does not, but okay. But I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to watch those movies from the sense of like a Shakespearean director, like all the Asgardian scenes. You're like, yeah, this has big Shakespeare energy. Whoa! He also did the Will Smith video short Wild Wild West. <laughs> wow! He was Doctor Arliss Loveless. Yeah. Loveless. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, now I'm on board. Bees. <laughs> Um, so anyways, talking about this actual movie, um, this was Gene Wilder's idea, I guess on, uh, while he was filming Blazing Saddles, he brought it up to Mel Brooks's, um, idea that he would like to do, um, for his own film basically. And, and they collaborated both Wilder and and Brooks are credited as co-writers and, um, a lot of the, um, kind of love and care for the original source material is it seems like it's coming from wilder but i think mutually from from uh mel brooks i but mean one wilder of, and brooks were thick as thieves right i mean mel brooks mentions his top three funniest films as the three that gene wilder is stars in right yeah so i mean it's it's That's a, not a coincidence partnership um one of the things that wilder demanded was that mel brooks not be in this movie and this is this is something that stood out to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think Mel Brooks. This feels like the only Mel Brooks movie where Mel Brooks is not in it. Yeah, the only when you played the trailer, that was obviously Mel Brooks's voice. Right. Um, I think he he's in this movie in two spots. He's the the sound of the cat getting hit by the dart. <laughs> and he's the sound of like a wolf howling or something like that. Okay. Yeah, um, so he's kind of playing a Spielbergian sort of, like, standoffish role, if anything. I had a a, uh, realization about Mel Brooks, Mm. Um, because every one of his films, like, is really a Mel Brooks film. Brooks Brooks died? No. No, Brooks is still alive. Brooks is still alive. Okay, don't be irritated with me. It's hard for me to keep track. He's on, like... He's right there, though. He's, like, in he, his 90s. He is so old. So fucking old. Yeah. Uh, there's people who shock me that they're still alive. One is Mel Brooks, and the other is Jerry Lewis. Yeah. 
I think is Jerry Lewis the, the one that uh, I mean Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner like have a real real close relationship. I don't know if you ever watched that um, that episode. Yes, of, yes, of it's comedians. a beautiful friendship that yeah. they have. And so when Carl Reiner died, oh, I was jo- like, Jerry Lewis died in seventeen two three years ago. Oh, okay, almost. So when Carl Reiner died pretty recently, I was like, uh oh, time's ticking for Mel Brooks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Coming for you, Brooks. <laughs> well, Terry Garr and Gene Hackman are, again, sharpening their swords. Hackman. Um, anyways, the realization was that Mel Brooks is the original Tyler, Tyler Perry. <laughs> Go on. Like, think about it. Every Tyler Perry movie is... Tyler Perry's <laughs> X, you know, Tyler Perry's this, and he's always like, I mean, a character in it that's kind of out of place and kind of draws you away from the actual film. Okay, see, so I, w- I was about to argue with you, uh, but w- w- with uh, with Woody Allen, right? But, but Woody Allen's spot in his movies is always as the main character. That's not out of place. Right. Um, despite how out of place he is. Yeah. By, by virtue of him being Woody Allen. Yeah, Woody Allen. And then, like, the other thing with Woody Allen is that there's always a stand-in for Woody Allen if he's not in the film. Right. Like, there is a Woody Allen right. character in yes, every yes. Woody Allen film. Um, not the case in Mel Brooks. Similar. Specifically. I mean, I, Mel Brooks doesn't have, like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Tyler... If uh, you want the old Jewish version of Tyler Perry, like check out Mel Brooks. <laughs> yeah, I mean the original. Um, so there's so many great moments in this movie. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've, I have some stuff written down. We don't really have to talk about the plot that much. But um, what what are your favorite parts? Uh, you know, some of. Uh, I can come up with new different. St- I mean, there's so many different parts that are fabulous um, that it's hard. It's hard to really come up with any yeah. particular. And the other thing about it is, there's so many tiny, like microscopic moments that are fucking hilarious. Okay, so yeah, so in that vein, um, some of the stuff that that I noticed this time around that I haven't noticed in times past was Madeline Kahn's. Yes. Very like she's not featured in this film very much, but no. man, she hits in in this, which is the train goodbye scene. Where yes, I was going to say this exact same thing. Where uh, where you know you have Gene Wilder saying goodbye to his fiance, and she's so standoffish, uh-huh. and uh, and she's like, "Don't touch me, don't don't ruffle my hair, don't don't crease my dress, don't touch my nails." Ah ah, and it's like. Loving goodbye, loving goodbye, but you can't touch me. Like, right. we cannot exchange any you can't, real... You can't kiss because you're going to smear my lipstick. You can't touch my hair because just I have a thing to go to. Like, she, he's hugging her and she's like, taffeta. And he's like, taffeta. No, this, the dress is made of taffeta. It's gonna, it creases really easy, so kind of lay off. Yeah. Just progressively goes through everything until the last thing is an elbow bump. That hits me... Uh, as uh, is, is as a stand-in for girls <laughs> in my life, I love you. Don't touch me. Um, and then uh, another one that I mean, it's it's very fitting that you, that you chose this movie number one because Cloris Leachman just passed away, but also because Cloris Leachman's character in this is 
is integral to the movie, but not centered on her. Right. And and her her acting in this is subtle but perfect. Uh-huh. Which is ever she's admonished constantly. Like her mm-hmm. she she exists to be stepped on mm-hmm. and and she does that anybody else doing this would not be stepped on as as well as right. as, as Cloris Leachman takes it. She every time she's like would you like this? No, no, I would. And she and her, her turn to the side. And, oh, oh, the admonishment you can, you can see it just hits her, just so, just so. And yeah. that is so. Um, I remember my mom and my grandma appreciated the Cloris Lee, and then of course the flat Frau Blucher Ney. Yeah, uh, it, like my mom and my grandma. Like this is a legendary role f- to them. Like mm. they, every time you mention Young Frankenstein, they they say Blucher, and uh, and so that that hits me very. <laughs> and and after the nay, she does the thing. She, uh, you know, it's like it's great. Do you know the the joke behind that? Uh, I don't necessarily know. Please. So apparently, Blucher is. I don't think it is the word for glue, but it sounds enough like the word oh. for glue in German that that's why the horses are neighing in Cause fear. Because you used to make glue out of horses. Yeah. Horse hooves. Horse hooves. Um, I, I want to go back to the, the Madeline Kahn train okay. scene because this is one that I actually missed. I had to rewind because my wife was laughing at it so hard and I had missed it because I looked away for like a fraction of a second. So when he's on, he they do their goodbyes. They do like the elbow bump, um, and then he gets on the train, and it's the uh, yes. the scene where he's like, "Goodbye, my love," and he like he blows her a kiss, blows a kiss, or throws her a kiss. Yeah, and then she like jukes it, darts <laughs> out like, of the way. <laughs> Just it was like a fraction of a second, but it was hilarious. Oh, it kills. Yeah, she's. I mean. The whole concept is is great. Uh, yeah, it's it really, yeah really kills me. I am. I, I have to say, I'm. I feel a little fucked around by the end of this movie. I swear to God, <laughs> I did not know that last act existed. Right. right. If because it's not part part of the natural arc of the movie. It's a it's a third ex- extension of the movie. <laughs> right. It's such a if I was like to make a comedy movie, like the perfect ending is the putting on the Ritz scene. Oh. You just cut it right at that bit. Yeah. Just don't even like have any reaction shots or anything. It's just <laughs> And the way he the way he belts it out like his performance, uh, yeah. Peter Boyle's performance on the putting on the Ritz scene is, uh, you've never seen anyone give their all like you have in yeah. in that, in the yeah. little tap dance scene. Oh, man. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, what do you think are the best Gene Wilder timing moments in this movie? There's so many uh, for me. Yeah. the be- So... I think my favorite one is the is the Abby Normal uh-huh. realization where he's having the back and forth with Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman is pl- plays Igor, right. and um, and you know so if 
I, I don't know if I already said this in this episode, but if you go ahead and Google Marty Feldman, yeah, he looks like that. It's not a special effect. That's not a special effect. This is a this is a man. It's a role he was born to play. Yes, and and uh, they even and, there's a little fourth wall breaking where they go. Uh, <laughs> God damn your eyes. Like, already done. <laughs> damn your eyes. And then he looks in the camera and he's like, yeah, well, there you go. Um, but uh, but yeah, when when he's telling uh, Gene Wilder, oh, yeah, I didn't get the exact brain you wanted. And Gene Wilder's like, OK, tell me who I'm not going to be mad. <laughs> Just tell me like that. That is me. Yeah. So much of my life. <laughs> you made me put. An abnormal brain <laughs> in a eight foot long, <laughs> long, yeah, two hundred vet fifty four inch wide gorilla. <laughs> yeah, in the delivery, Gene Wilder does the delivery that only Gene Wilder can yeah. do, which is uh, the cracking of the voice. Yes, the unbelievable um, energy. Right. Yeah, the performances in this movie are just spectacular. Yeah. Um, my favorite uh, of his... Um, the other the other great one is when he goes... <laughs> the setup for this. Uh, when he goes in to the room with the monster and he's like, No matter what I say, <laughs> do not open this door. No matter how cruel <gasps> or <laughs> or insane it sounds... Whatever you do, do not open this door. And he goes in, and the monster like growls at him, and immediately he's like, "Open the door! Open, open <laughs> please, the door! Open the don't. goddamn door! <laughs> open the door!" <laughs> um, that that is great. I, I now I remember the okay. Oh man, there's so many great parts. I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna keep saying, "Oh, this, this is the best part." But uh, when he's in his room with um with Terry Gar at, at the uh, almost at the start of the movie in the in the middle of the first act and uh and they're looking for the secret passage uh-huh and, oh yeah and he's looking for the book and he's looking for the 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 little the 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 entry you know how how you get the bookcase to open up and then they pull the candlestick out of the uh-huh. and then and then he it flips around and it brings him with it and he's like put the candle back and then she puts the candle back and it turn does a full rotation again and so he's left where he is he says okay i think i've got it put the candle back and i'll use my body to block the bookcase and then he uses his body to and it crush it crunches him and he goes do not listen very carefully <laughs> do not put the candle back <laughs> and yeah. uh that that delivery of the high pitched and then when she and when the tables are turned it just the gag keeps going and going right. and it's it's beautiful um the other one the last one that i that i love is at the end when elizabeth comes and uh, they're like in her bedroom mm-hmm. and he's like kind of going in for like you know maybe we should uh spend the night to- <laughs> together and she's like you you wouldn't want to to ruin this on the eve just on the basically the eve of our wedding night we're so close we're, like you wouldn't want to do that and he smashes so his face into, her, into and he's her like, hands. he gives like a two mississippi and he's like 
Yes. Uh, yeah, so many. I mean, there's a big one titty uh, moment right, there. Right. Yeah. Um, lots of great Wilder moments in this. Um, oh yeah, this is a random observation. A couple times it it shows the portrait of his grandfather, mm. Frankenstein. Yeah. You should pull that up. Pull up a um, uh, young Frankenstein portrait oh. on Google. Oh no, I I'm. I have it in my head. I, I, I was fully attentive during the watching of this movie. Does that not look exactly like John McAfee? It's a good point. It looks very John McAfee-esque. Right. Right. Yeah, especially, you know, John McAfee after, you know, McAfee, after after right. selling McAfee. Um, <laughs> McAfee after McAfee. Right. The, uh, the, the McAfee the- we all know as the degenerate. Yeah, kind of the crazy hair, crazed eyes. Yeah. Like, uh, like leather. Poop in my mouth, McAfee. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hang on. Ew. Ew. <laughs> ew, David. Ew, no, David. Oh, my God. Ew, David. Don't poop in my mouth. Oh, yeah. The other the other great Wilder moment. This is the other, like, uh, timing rage Wilder moment is set a give. Yeah, yeah. And they're he's they're playing like a charades because he's getting choked to death, and so he can't tell them what to do. And he's like play charades to tell him to give the monster the sedative. And he's like set a. They got like the first two syllables. Yeah, set a sounds like give set a give. Yeah, give him the set a give. Set a give. What the hell was that? Yeah, it's a great moment. Um, a couple, a couple lines I found out in the trivia were improvised or ad libbed that were like super impressive. That um, so like the Varm milk and Ovaltine that was ad libbed by Cloris Leachman. Oh man, which is amazing because that's pro. like that's just the just putting the whipped cream topping on the top of that milkshake. But I mean, yeah, I mean, so first of all, it's brilliant on Cloris Leachman's part, right. but also the reactions, if that's all ad-libbed, then the reactions are all ad-libbed and they, they knew, right. You know, they, they were, uh, they played off each other quite well. Yeah. Um, did you notice that Gene Hackman was the blind man in this movie? Uh, that Gene Hackman was the blind what no no yeah that's gene hackman it was crazy because like it's he's really hard to recognize but i was like i recognize that voice in the delivery and i realized like that's gene hackman i don't think he's even credited cigars in the movie (laughs) i'll never forget the way he says cigars yeah cigars um and his ad lib line was I was gonna make espresso as <laughs> <laughs> the monsters fleeing. Yeah, that's a great that that's a scene that stands on that's a very, very right, Mel right. Brooks yeah. part of this movie. That's yeah. like, oh, okay, this is yeah. like it, it adds nothing to the movie necessarily. Uh-huh. It's not it's not story driven at all. This is just bit after bit after bit. Right. So apparently Gene Hackman was friends with Gene Wilder and and he wanted to tip his dip his toe into comedy, and this was like the first. Um, he he did this for free. Wow. Yeah, because he just wanted to do it, and he did pretty good. But I mean, 
Gene Hackman is uh, impossible. It's impossible for Gene Hackman not to be Gene Hackman. Yeah, in my opinion, um, there's always an element of like menace in whatever he's doing, <laughs> to where like he can be comedic. Like even in the super Superman movies, like he was pretty funny in a lot of those. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think he's ever done like a straight ahead comedy role, but. I'm, le- I'm looking. I'm, go- I'm working through. I mean, he was in Ants, <laughs> right? Sure. Uh, I don't think that's a straight ahead comedy role, though. right? But uh, oh, he, oh, well, he was in the Royal Tannenbaums. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, but that's, I mean, it's funny in parts, but it's not played for humor necessarily. Right, right, right. Um. Anyways. Um, the, the other ad-libs ones were, um, Madeline Kahn singing Ah, Sweet Mystery of Life. Apparently that was going to be a different song, but she, she said that it should be this one just because it's, yeah, starts with ah. Yeah. Just, and that's a great moment. Um, also Madeline Kahn saying no tongues. No tongues. No tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, oh, that dates it. Like, there's very little in this movie to put a date on it. Like, in it, to oh, this is 74. Uh-huh. But that very much does. And it makes sense that it's ad-libbed, because it doesn't feel like it would be in, in the script. Yeah. But it's a brilliant line. Right. Um, one of the things that actually stood out to me um, th- after watching the original was... Uh, there's a moment like after like the the monster attacks and like they're they give him the set to get set to give and everything they hear a knock at the door <laughs> gene wilder's like who'd be knocking at the door at this hour uh-huh there's something about the original film where the door is constantly being knocked on for no apparent reason in frankenstein in frankenstein really they're like doing random random experiments and like they're right in the middle of it and all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and he's like like who could that uh, be? Or who could that be? It's just it feels like a callback. Okay. But anyways. So anything else to say about I mean it's it, this is just going through all the great bits of the of the movie and just saying we like it, which uh, isn't probably super interesting, but um it's a brilliant movie. It's a classic. Uh I love it. Right. Um uh by your own standards, it is. I believe it is not a horror movie, even a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about this. Like how, what? I, d- I really hate getting into this, but I did bring it up. So yeah, you did. You always are the one to bring it up. So, well, not if it's not a, not really. I mean, what, you brought what, it up with seven. That was what your makes deal. it a horror comedy, a horror movie. Like, at what, at what point does a horror comedy well, deserve? A good, a good example would be would be uh, Cabin in the Woods. I'd say that. Because there are enough, there are enough moments in Cabin in the Woods that are actually legitimately scary and, and worrisome, uh, or or uh, contain you know elements of uh, of horror, and and this this yeah, can, this mean, is a horror themed comedy movie. Right, it, there mean, is no horror within. That being said, I believe that that allows it within the horror genre. But yeah, I mean I. But there, Seven a, is a much more of a horror movie than this. Well, I mean, this is specific to horror comedy because, like, it's yeah, you can't say it's a, a horror movie. It's specifically a horror comedy. So, and there's a spectrum. So, yeah, Cabin in the Woods would be much more heavily on the horror side than the comedy. It's more like meta commentary, which mm-hmm. is funny. 
but it's not specifically played for laughs for most of the movie. It has about as many laughs as most horror movies. But the one that I look look at is Shaun of the Dead. Like Shaun of the Dead is primarily a comedy, right? Yeah, and that's and that's that's what my wife said. She's like, I mean. This is not. She, she kind of sided with me. She was like, "Yeah, this isn't a horror movie. This is a comedy movie that is set in a horror setting, and that's it." And right. the same thing with uh, with Shaun of the Dead. But but th- that th- that just means it has a cross genre setting. It doesn't mean it is a horror movie. It, uh, well, yeah, that's why you called it horror comedy. I don't, would not call it a horror comedy. I would call this a comedy movie, a, a comedy horror. You know, like, but okay, I mean, yeah, it's, mo- it's much more, it's, it's much more, uh, let me take out my manscaped and lube up while I masturbate. <laughs> the, is, the, what's uh, the point? What's the difference between horror comedy and comedy horror? Well, it's, I mean, it's a, sure. we, we agree that it's, I would say that seven is more horror than young Frankenstein is by a wide margin. Okay. Yeah. And what is your thoughts on that? It's a horror comedy. It's no, like no, 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 no. Let's comedy. let's compare this and Seven. Is it more you, you horror? You go on than... record. You go on record with Seven as saying this is not a horror movie. It's like equivalent. What? Like it's the only thing that really makes Young Frankenstein horror is the subject material is a monster, mm. and it's a famous horror monster. Yeah. Um, Seven. The only thing that makes it a horror movie is that it has a serial killer in it mm. and that there's like so with that dark mean, thematic material does that mean you're you're going back on your argument about seven about it not being a horror movie no it's not a horror movie okay so this isn't either but there's a more appropriate but you just said they were label they were there's either. a more all-encompassing label which is thriller Hmm. It's almost like you're mincing words. It's like a crime. It's thriller. almost like you're mincing yeah. words. Well, that's what genre labels are. Mm. I just watched a movie. The movie that I was we were going to review until mm. I watched it and realized this is not a horror movie at all. Okay. Th- this one would be interesting to talk about, uh, which is a young, promising, promising young woman, which is the advertisements make it feel like there's much more horror in it than there actually is. Um, but mainly, it would be a horror movie if it was less empathetic to the main character. Oh. If they went like all in as, like, this is a psychopath, then it would be a horror movie. And if they did, you know, more extreme stuff than was actually done in the movie. But yeah, watch the movie and it was like, okay, this is a drama, yeah. kind of thriller, revenge movie. Like... Yeah, it's more like Kill Bill than it is mm-hmm. a horror movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, whatever. It would be fun. I, I have a, I have a domain uh, in my possession called Normal Movie Talk or Regular <laughs> Movie Talk. And if we wanted to do another podcast where we just reviewed all movies that uh-huh. weren't horror, we could. Yeah. So, I don't know. Fans, let us know if that's something you're interested in. Yeah. As if there's not enough competition for our podcast. Got to open it up. Well, I mean, it's but, just it's just a way to spread the empire around. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. The horror, horror movie, the movie talk network. <laughs> Coming soon. Got to sign up for that Patreon so we can start uh, 
build another podcast. Um, so yeah, final recommendations. Everyone, no one's going to have a bad time seeing this movie. This is this is such a fabulous movie, and yeah. uh, and almost everyone in it is dead. Yeah, so it, that it's almost reached full classic status. Right. So, um, I mean, I'm just going to say wait until it comes on a, another streaming platform because that just pisses me off that somehow Stars has a monopoly. It is shockingly hard to watch online right now unless you have a physical copy. So yeah. the other option would be go out and support if you have a rent a movie rental store near you. Uh, right. Go out and support them. We have Movie Madness here yeah. in, uh, in Portland, uh, but uh, I don't know what you got near you, so try and rent a physical copy and dust off the old DVD slash Blu-ray player. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to Frankenstein or porn. <laughs> Frankenstein. Or a porno. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, Frankenstein or porno is a game where we play different clips from different movies or videos, and you have to guess whether it is from a Frankenstein film, which there's like, god damn, there's like 30 of them yeah, at this point. Oops, sorry. Yeah, there's got to be. Um, or uh, from a porno video mm. which there seem to be a lot of as well okay so uh i've got a lot of clips so we don't have to play all of them but okay um let's start out with this clip do it for the hope you fucking ah, the rock is in your mouth wow holy shit uh, wow <clears throat> wow oh that was rough to listen to oh man I'm kind of like is that both is this a porno that has a Frankenstein theme? Yeah, you don't realize how much crossover there is. There's lots of groaning. And the rock is in your mouth! There's lots of screaming. Um, that, make, that makes me recoil. I am, um, wow, ah, uh, jeez. I gotta say, I gotta say that's a porno, because that, wow. There was just a lot of gagging. Yeah. Um, well, you're wrong. This is actually uh, from Revenge of Frankenstein uh, from 1958. What? Yeah. The rock is in your mouth? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it was, he was sho Frankenstein's monster was shoving a rock in the girl's I mouth. have it like a, 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 like a picture of the man who said that in my head, and he looks like a Neanderthal. So I guess it... I guess it stands to reason that that was Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. What? That's yeah. nuts. 
What? That wasn't a porno? No. Okay. No, that was uh, Revenge of Frankenstein. Okay, next clip. Oh my gosh. You're so fucking deep. Oh my gosh. Oh, fuck. Horror, or sorry, Frankenstein or porno. You're so fucking deep. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, give it to me. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, this is pretty obvious, I think. Uh,. I mean, that sounds so much like a porno. I can't imagine it's anything else. You would think. I would think. It's yeah, shocking. that's what I do think. It's shocking that this is actually from Frankenstein, a TV movie from 1973. No. That was on TV, that? Uh-huh. What was the situation? Um. Well, they're creating the Bride of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're really jolting her with a... A lot of electric current yeah. deep inside of her. Wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. There is a lot of crossover here. Next clip. Oh. <laughs> wow, the end kind of throws the whole thing into in yeah, right suspect question, but there was a lot of electricity sounds mm. and a sound of triumph, which could be either. You know, yes! That's not exactly how it goes down with me. It's more like, with me, it's more like, <laughs> that's kind of my triumphant sound. Mm-hmm. Um I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Kind of like that. Uh-huh. That's what it is with me um, <laughs> when I make Frankensteins. Uh-huh. Uh, or I should say Frankenstein's monster. I know. Don't pull a fucking... All right, hop in, Frankenstein. Let's get you out of here. <laughs> oh, um, I think what you're trying to say is Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> what? I think you mean to call me Frankenstein's monster because Frankenstein is... Oh, you're one of those guys, huh? No, I'm just... It, the doctor's name is Frankenstein. I know. It's just an annoying thing to point out. If you want people to like you, just go along with what they say and have fun. A little Silicon Valley there uh-huh. for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, Richard is quite the dick. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to have to go with... This is obviously some version of a F- Frankenstein movie. Do you have a guess at the title? Oh, I, I would guess that this is the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein f- with uh, that you made mention of from the 90s because it sounds like, you know, it's uh it sounds like it's of the 90s ilk. Uh, you are so close. Oh. Uh, in terms of it, so it is a Frankenstein movie? It's from Mary Shelley's Frankencock. Wow. I mean, this is a hard one because it was. Hard it is an adaptation of. So, a lot of these porno clips are adaptations of the Frankenstein story, so it's pretty confusing. I but find this, it hard to believe that I can't get one point in this fucking game. I mean, you did watch two quote unquote Frankenstein movies, but. 
and uh-huh. I've only seen the the young Frankenstein, right. but uh, yeah, I don't think I've. Wow. Okay. Well, now come to think of it, I am pretty it, considering there's probably between thirty and fifty iterations of Frankenstein movies, and I haven't seen one, mm-hmm. but I've seen a lot of porno, a lot. Uh huh. I just I'm a little irritated. That's yeah. All. Yeah. Again, you just wouldn't realize how much crossover there is. No. Especially in the sound. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's a here's another one. on for a while do you ever have one of those moments where you where you like have this weird realization of like oh this is my life Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh like this is how i'm spending my saturday morning Uh you could be having quality time with your family right now Uh, but instead i'm absolutely certain i'm watching i'm listening to a a woman on a porno game show get dick shoved in her ass and get points for it or something like that (laughs) In some sort of weird porn game show, like, but but the weirdest part is like I get no joy from. I, there is no catharsis. I remain, you know, it's just like the end of American Psycho, where he's like, there. I I I remain unfulfilled. This is my life. All right, my get pain to it. What's what's your guess? My pain is constant and sharp, and I hope the whole world burns. Uh, yeah, this is obviously a. a porno game show where she gets dick shoved in her ass and she's getting points because there's a lot of ding sounds you know like and not like ding but like ding you know? yeah i could see why you would think that don't mess with me here. the the dings and the buzzer i mean that's like straight up lab sounds no this no is way. From the classic, I mean, really, the second Frankenstein movie is from... Uh, this is Bride? Bride of Frankenstein, 1935. Sounds great, actually. If you, it's been restored. I'm... If only our audience could see the look of incredulousness on my face right now. I am, uh... It's the scene where Victor Frankenstein and the monster shoved both their dicks up her ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Ew. Ew, David. Ew, no, David. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ew, David. Oh, my God. Ew, David. Okay. That's got to be it. I can't... I can't... I can't win it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. How much research did you do? A lot. It sounds like I sat through all of these films. Okay, last one, and then... You've already lost it, but I mean, might as well just... Do the last clip. I have such a weird boner, though. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive! 
Okay, I'm going to go against my better instincts and just go and, you know, just guess the opposite and say this is this is not a uh, this is not a, a Frankenstein movie. That's what I think it is. But I'm going to say it's a porno because I, I apparently am very bad at this. Right. Like if you're consistently wrong on all your sports bets, just go against your instincts. Right. You got to because Even the pedals make it move more because the pedals make it move more. Sorry, you're wrong. This one's what from. The fuck? Are you from, joking? This one's from 2004's Van Helsing. I saw that movie in theaters. You should have recognized it. Well, it was a long time ago. It was like 17 yeah. years ago. Seen a lot of porn since then. So, yeah, it's an actual Frankenstein movie. Okay. Well, you know. Oh, I'm just such a dick, David. But with Bryce in place of David. And that was. Frankenstein or porno? Frankenstein. Or porno. You guys just want to make sure that you remember to do the one titty challenge because we need people to sign up for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> to, and that is, you know, get use it code HMT at manscaped.com. Get 20% off your order and then manscape a titty up and then send us a pic of your titty with the trimmer in the pic. And then you get entered into the contest to win a Google Home Mini and some HMT stickers. Okay. So, last bit, we're going to be doing our voicemail. Let's check out what you guys have been saying in our bit we call horror movie whores. Whoa. 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 Whores. All right, so let's hear from you guys. When was the last time we did this? Okay, here's here's this one. Another one from Elizabeth. Hey, uh, it's Elizabeth. So just listening to, um, I don't even know, whatever the heck this episode is called, um, the uh, Jaws review. Um, this is in response to Josh from Canada, who is yelling at David for giving Paranormal Activity 3 a 10 out of 10. First of all, if there's anything I like more in horror movies, it's prequels. I love learning about the backstory behind why things are happening. I think it's really awesome. And I might get some flack for this, but I'm sorry. Star Wars Episode 3 is the best Star Wars ever because it completes the story. Back to Josh's hate on Paranormal Activity 3 for some reason. I mean, that movie is pretty fantastic. It just adds to the story it completely finishes you know and it's like oh this is why this is happening and it's just such a cool prequel to a movie one of my favorite prequels to um to movies and then they just go downhill after that so it just makes that one so much better so anyway david completely agree with you 10 out of 10 um also the host is still the worst movie ever created in the entire world so thanks bye wow a woman after my own heart everything she said in that I completely agree with. 
Even, Epis- even episode, episode three? Oh, hell yes. Oh, I'm so sick of you fucking Kevin Smith wannabes telling me that Empire, Empire, and fuck you. Empire is not as good. It's great. It's a great movie, but it's not as good as Return. It's just not. Return closes no, the whole... She's, she's talking about Revenge of the Sith. No, that's episode... Uh, three. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, episode three is... Oh, okay, yes. But I believe she's talking about Return because she said it closes off, it it ends the whole series. She was talking about prequels and how it closes the loop. Oh, well, that I don't agree with. <laughs> Return Return of the Jedi is is better than uh Empire, but I'm I'm sorry, I can't I can't deal with Return of the Sith. Uh I mean, yeah. well, I mean, in terms of in if you're talking about just the prequels, then obviously yeah. Return of the Sith is the best one. But it's the concept of Return of the Sith is the best, like, it's the best plot. Right. It's the worst. It's still, like, one of the worst stories because it's one of the prequels. Like, it's yeah pulled. It's just terribly executed <laughs> in almost every way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of, like, the plot of it yeah. was what I was most excited about the prequels, which is the fall of Anakin Skywalker. And what I really wanted to see was, uh, we're getting into this now, but uh, (laughs) what I really wanted to see was uh, movie one, Anakin getting trained, like signs of darkness. Episode two, him being turned by the emperor um, to like the dark side. Three would be Darth Vader going throughout the galaxy and just murdering Jedi. Yeah. And then somehow some kind of redeeming, you know, scene at the end, some kind of victory for Obi-Wan Kenobi. But then it sets up the original series. I I will also say that uh, Elizabeth and uh, Josh bring up a good point, which is our our normal fans who aren't patrons haven't heard our paranormal activity three review because it hasn't been released to the public yet. It's that is a Patreon only thing so far, because that is one of our episodes that we hold in the wings. And if you would like access to our paranormal activity three review before it comes out, which I don't know when it's going to come out. So it could be months. Um, But if you'd like access to it, you can do, you can, you can listen to it by joining our Patreon at the $6 and 66 cents a month. Um, price uh, stamp and uh, and also there's a bunch of other unreleased episodes on there as well and that our patrons have access to but uh you know you don't if if you're not a patron so anyway um yeah great call elizabeth thank you for calling in uh next one is from max hey this is max um i just finished watching or not watching, actually listening to um, the Jaws review. And I was on the Facebook page, and someone said something about how Godzilla is a better monster movie than Jaws. And I just can't stop thinking about it. It's been on my mind for days now. I'm just going over and over. I mean, I love, I love Jaws. I think Jaws is awesome. Sharks are freaking scary. But Godzilla, Godzilla <laughs> does something for me. Satisfies satisf- something real primal in me to watch monsters fight. So I was, uh, I was personally offended that you said that Jaws is the best monster movie because I, I just can't get behind it. 
I don't even think the Godzilla movies are that good. But watching the monsters fight, it's uh, it does something for me. It continues on. If that is the Max, I right, think- this is Max again. Um, I forgot that I had something else to say about Jaws. Sharks are scary, but have you ever thought about squids? I think squids are way scarier than sharks. They got so many arms. They're like the spiders of the sea. They got suction cups and like one big old eye. I cannot handle a squid. When I go in the ocean, I'm not afraid of sharks. I'm afraid of squids. Yeah, Max. Actually, uh, Peter Benchley, the author of the original Jaws novel, right. He wrote a book called The Beast, yeah. which I have read, and it's all about a giant squid. And yeah, they are kind of terrifying because they have they have the tentacles, but then they have like these special tentacles that are specific for just ripping apart shit. Yeah, they got claws in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, yeah the Humboldt squid are woo woo. You ever watch videos of of dudes going out at night fishing for Humboldt squid? It is creepy. Yeah. Holy moly! Because those things swarm around and grab at you and yeah. Ugh, bleh, um, but uh, was that was that Max Maxwell Allen from Instagram who did our uh, intro? I'm. He didn't identify sure. himself, but anyway. Um, uh, well. Yeah, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Jaws, like yeah, be, 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 for best monster, monster movie. movie. He I doesn't mean, even think the Godzilla movies are that good, but he's willing to say that it's a better monster movie than Jaws, which is, in my opinion, one of the best horror movies ever made. Yeah, did you see the uh, the trailer for Godzilla versus King Kong? No. Yeah, it's it's a delight. Like I, the trailers. Will make you laugh out loud. Oh, great! At the ridiculousness of it. Yeah, this is also like I'm. I'm realizing monkey the the twenties, probably the late teens and the twenties are gonna be like a heyday for ridiculous, stupid action, and we don't even realize how stupid it is. Like we think, like, no, this is legit. Like they're they're taking it. It's like those movies that are ridiculous and stupid oh. from from back then. But it looks good, and we're taking it more... It's the dark and gritty version of that. Uh, and really, it's going to... In the end, it's going to be like... They spent $500 million on a movie about a gorilla punching a, a fictional lizard. Monkey. Uh, yeah. Uh, I loved Kong Skull Island. I yeah. legitimately loved that movie. Uh, he's definitely right. There's something primal about yeah. about monsters punching each other right uh that's like basically the whole reason for this trailer is to lead up to the point at which king kong punches godzilla in the fucking face ah, and you're like yes do a do a punch about the ball i mean we're already pat we're through the looking glass so far because we're past the point where a movie starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been made about Rampage the video game? Do you remember that? That's yeah. That, all bets are off. Anything well, can make money. And the I mean, just the fact that like we're so like balls deep in superhero movies and like it's getting to the point where you can't avoid the fact that they're based on ridiculous comic comics. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but I watched Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. And the fact that it very seriously integrates an invisible jet into this movie, like it's 
nothing. Right. Like, not even a yeah. wink to the camera. It's yeah. like, no, we no, we actually have the Invisible Jet in this movie. Aren't you excited about that? You mean about the all the all the not CGI you're going to spend money on? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who? The fact that there's like an entire industry built around it's just Gal just, Gadot sitting on a green chair in a studio somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just like that, that someone is like, hmm, we're going right, to put so. Sky behind her butt. <laughs> Uh, it's just it, it it makes me simultaneously sick and also giddy the fact that like we're spending all this money and taking so seriously yeah, recreating the stupidest like toys and like comic book concepts of decades ago i think the big takeaway from max's call is if you guys aren't the aren't on the horror movie talk facebook group you should be because these kind of like ridiculous arguments happen on the regular and i love it because <laughs> because everybody has a seemingly has a a horse in the race but but the race is literally which is better jaws or godzilla <laughs> and it's like I don't know. It's all kind of subjective. Uh, in my opinion, it's Jaws, obviously. But uh, but if you don't get on the Horror Movie Talk Facebook group, you can't argue about Squid versus Jaws versus King Kong or Godzilla. Um, okay. Next one. Hey, guys. This is Amber from Wisconsin. I am a new listener. I started um, listening to you when I was looking for um, pretty much like after shows or reviews of Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Blind Manor because I am absolutely obsessed with both shows. So I listened to your Hill House reviews and your, um, I'm about halfway through Blind Manor. I actually just listened to the episode where you guys are talking about Flora doing the grave rubbings, and I just wanted to call and share a funny story. Funny, but morbid, uh, but I figured you guys would appreciate it. So I was in maybe fourth or fifth grade, and I was living with my grandparents in a very small town at the time, a very rural town in Wisconsin, and um, for art class, we actually... Our teacher took us up to the local cemetery and had us do grave rubbings for art class. But the funny thing is, I had actually seen uh, plots for my grandparents that I was living with at the time. They were both alive at the time. So I, like, freaked out because I was young, and in my head I was like, what the hell happened while I was at school? Why are these two plots with my grandparents' names here? And I started freaking out and crying, and when we got back to school, my art teacher had to call my grandparents. I talked to both of them on the phone because I totally thought they were dead. But just wanted to call and share that. I'm sure I'll call back with more stories for you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Amber. That's a that's an awesome story. That's a movie esque story. Uh, that's that's how these things start, right? It's like, well, everything's fine in my life, and then I go to the graveyard and I notice everyone in my life is dead, and I come back and I'm like, oh no! Like that's a crazy story. Have have uh, do you do you go to go to the graveyard to visit uh, gravestones at all? 
Um, it's a new concept to me. Yeah, I mean, my... New to to my experience. My sister does it. Like, she's visited the graves of my grandparents several times. It's like, I, I, it just doesn't really enter my mind that much. We've gone and seen my dad's grave after they put the stone there. And it's like, yep. It's actually a funny story, because we went to... You go, and I guess, like, kind of the thing you do is you clean it up while you're there. You, like clip all the grass around it and you know wipe off the stone and you know leave some flowers or whatever and we went there um See, the, i don't know these things right i'm learning as this as you speak right and like uh it was me my mom and my family my my kids and my wife going and i i observed like there is nothing that my dad would care about less than, than someone cleaning his gravestone. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I, I guess a sign of respect, but also like a sign for you to be able to maintain your memory or, or maintain respect for your loved one. But yeah, my dad could not give a fuck whether his gravestone was dirty. Right. Well, <laughs> it yeah, it's not that at all, I think. I mean, for the people who do, who do it, it's not like... I don't think that's why they're there. <laughs> sure. I mean, they, they, you know, you, you get into, you get into these little divots. Some people call them ruts, but I'm going to call uh -huh. them divots in life. Uh, Divot sounds better. Yeah. Sounds like a golf ball. Right. And not like a valley. Where, you know, maybe you uh, attach some significance to, I don't know, it minuscule unimportant things in your life and give them more importance than they maybe deserve. Mm. But it helps you through the day. Mm. So one thing that I remember doing in childhood when I had a stressful childhood was I had a order of operations when I entered the shower. You know, it was, mm. it was mm. you wash your hair first. Start with your toenails. And then, no. <laughs> you wash your hair first and then your face and then you work your way down. Huh. Because the suds go down. The suds go down. Let the gravity do the yeah, work. There's right. a Seinfeld episode on this. Well, it just occurred naturally to me. Yeah. But I got into this divot, and uh, and it helped me feel structure in my day, and therefore it helped me in the rest of my day, in my daily routine. And um, and I told my mom. I remember telling my mom about it, and being like, "Mom, I do this thing," and she, to her, it smacked of OCD. Which, granted. <laughs> Granted, I mean, if you if you get too far down the rabbit hole in these things, they can they can have way too much significance. Um, uh, Wait, just the fact that you washed yourself the same way every time? Well, the, I'm sure the way I explained it was a very. I'm sure the way that I explained it was like, no, very I have detailed. to do it this way because otherwise a bad day will occur. Mm, <laughs> you know, okay, like, okay. And so she warned me about it, but. There is something very nice about little rituals, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's yeah. that's something that I I look for in the literature that I consume. Is like, um, I like characters who have lots of rituals hmm. because it reminds me of that good feeling. No matter how perverse it is, it's still kind of like, oh, this is a way to structure your day. Yeah. Um, anyway, so thank you for calling and, and leaving the voicemails. We love hearing from you guys. If you have any questions, observations, or complaints, 
call us at 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening. Please share the podcast with a friend. Um, it's really important that we keep the podcast growing and, and keep the momentum going forward so that we can make it better. You know, start our, our podcast um, empire of uh, Movie Talk Podcast Network and uh, be able to sell more to advertisers so that we can, you know, do Turn stuff. this into a successful endeavor. Yeah. You know, because we need money um please uh check out horrormovietalk.com there's a couple buttons in the banner where you can help us out either if you're going to shop on amazon click through that button on our website or become a patron at patreon.com slash horrormovietalk um thanks again so much and we'll see you next time i love you guys have a great week bye Looking for a podcast full of burps and gas, perverted casts, skinny and fat? Look no further. Horror Movie Talk is accidentally funny, begs to donate money, fake sponsors for dummies, and so much more. New episodes every hump day. They'll pickle your dickle for foreplay. Patreon members have it your way. Vote for a movie every month for the review. Chopper, chopper, don't just stare at it, eat it like a taco. Put your tongue through the phone, hoodie, Picasso. Look at them hot kids, swear not a pedo. Got me too, with Cosby eating jello. Pudding pop done, gave Bryce flatulence. Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner, rum, sin kiss. Bryce Hansen, look at them hot kids, Chris Henson, masturbate with a crucifix, exorcist, face huggers, chest bursters, alien, Linda Blair, Pino, Sigourney Weaver, I know it's true cause it came from social media, Patrick Bateman can't understand you, stab you to death for rotten apple reviews, opinionated podcaster with a doctorate, spook allergy doctor of philosophy, Train addict, addict, Dave doesn't give a shit. One through ten, is it horrible or excellent? Oil me up, daddy is dinner rubs. Nothing good happens in the woods. Always get more than you bargain for. Got a pickle to dickle, machines tickle bitties. Vancouver, Portland, Oregon, and organs. Corona, COVID, curse, Lorona. Green River Killer, because reasons. Hallway of Poop Monster Kids screaming. Ain't your ordinary dingleberry itinerary. 30 days shudder and jump scares. They fucking scary. Time for the spoilers with jokes and tropes. Use their white socks to catch their loads. To show them one titty. Pretty. Paganism, you should worship. They Teflon dicks. Pacific Northwest, let them see one breast. Shifty ass, they spooky. Poor man's died.
HMT, hard movie talk. Hold on, they all like Halloween. Fuck them. All right, hop in, Frankenstein. Let's get you out of here. Oh, um, I think what you're trying to say is Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> what? I think you mean to call me Frankenstein's monster because Frankenstein is... Oh, you're one of those guys, huh? No, I'm just... It, the doctor's name is Frankenstein. I know. It's just an annoying thing to point out. If you want people to like you, just go along with what they say and have fun. 